Welcome to the worst nightmare of all. Reality. Explore the lesser-known stories of our unknown world. Join the pursuit of the paranormal with Ash and Greg. Good evening, Ash. How are you today? I'm good. Very excited about this episode. How are you doing, Greg? Yeah, so am I. So, we were supposed to be doing another episode. I'm recording that today for release this week. Um, and that was about Bible codes and yeah. messages and prophecies written in the Bible, which is something I've read about and and um, looked into over the years and just piqued my interest again. Yeah. Um, and something but, that I've not really known too much about, so I'm looking forward to, to talking about that. Yeah, definitely. Not a lot of people do know about it, which is, I, I got a book out at the library and went from there once. So, yeah, it was all a, it was all planned. We were all ready to go. And then I come out of work today uh, to a message from one of our listeners, actually, um, mm. on Facebook saying, what the hell is going on? The exact words were, and I quote, um, Greg, what's going on? I'm guessing the debrief is being swamped as it's refusing to load from these intriguing links. Help, what am I missing? So I replied back and said, LOL, I've just finished work. I've no idea. And we are now recording an episode about Yeah, I had like events. three or four messages and had someone... The first one, I didn't even click it. It was about anything. It was, we got a meeting tomorrow. Yeah, and then one of the guys that comes along to the meetings on Twitter just replied to me comment to to the Twitter post saying, "Oh, this is going to be an interesting one now or something." I don't even think anything of it. I, I just cause you see, no occasionally four hours at work, I just like didn't think anything of it. And then a couple of Facebook messages come in, and then you started messaging me with links and stuff. I was like, "I thought because I've been at work till seven, literally an hour ago, I'm not a chance actually." read or even take in what's been happening so yeah. yeah so we'll talk about this instead so this episode is like a we're recording this at five to nine on monday evening yeah. and the episode's coming out in a few hours and all of this has happened throughout the course of today sort of american time yeah so we're obviously five hours ahead so it's still uh mid-afternoon there so we are in the midst of this this explosion of stuff happening. So I'm actually here for it. I'm not in the middle yeah. of this, the sea without signal for a week, and something yeah. interesting is happening. Yeah, that was the uh, the mysterious balloon incident, which has just disappeared off the face of the earth. So yeah, I'm glad you're around for this one, Ash. So before we start talking about everything, I'm going to play this clip, which is a trailer for a story that's going to be on the news over in America a little bit later on this evening, I think. I think so, um, yeah. it's, it's all trying to get all the information together as we're going on this episode. So it's, I think it's it might be late this week. I think it's... Oh, is it? I don't know. I might be wrong. I think it's late. <laughs> I don't know. Like I say we don't know. It's literally happening now. So, yeah. So here we go. Have a listen uh, and see what you think. 
Tonight only on News Nation, bombshell claims from a military whistleblower published this morning alleging a secret UFO retrieval program within the U.S. government. When you say crash retrieval, what do you mean? Uh, these are retrieving non-human origin uh, technical vehicles, you know, call it spacecraft if you will. Uh, it's probably not the right parlance, but uh, no kidding, non-human, exotic origin vehicles that have either landed or crashed. We have spacecraft from another species. We do, yeah. How many? Quite a number. All right. Peak your interest. Tune in for the full report tonight on Elizabeth Vargas. Cool. So that is massively interesting, regardless of of what is the actual story. Yeah, I mean, Vasco Fart. Um, yes. Australian. Well respected. Journalism author. Yeah. Gone. The last couple of years sort of blew up in the UFO, UAP world. Yeah. Uh, like I say, very respected and. I was, I was surprised to see, because seeing the other names, you got Leslie Keane, Ralph Blumenthal, mm-hmm. and then over the thing, and I saw Ross, I was like, oh, I was expecting to see Ross Goulfart as part of this, is expecting to see Ralph or Leslie or someone, because um, yeah. they did the article that we're going to talk about. But yeah, interesting. So after this message that I got from one of the, one of the, the people that follow us, support us, and whatnot, um, I was like, right, okay, let's. I went straight to Twitter because where else would you go except for UFO Twitter? I've not looked on that yet. <laughs> and I can imagine, I can imagine. Yeah, and but the thing is, from what I saw initially, everybody was just at the same point. Everybody was like, "Holy shit!" There's this story that's just broken on the debrief website by, as you say. Um, Leslie Keane and Ralph Blumenthal. And yeah, it's so I, I've just spent the last hour having a digest of, of exactly what he's saying. But essentially, a guy who used to be very in with the UAP task force, etc., which we'll come on to in, in a little bit, has essentially come out as a whistleblower and said that there are non-human intelligence craft being recovered and being reverse engineered. That's essentially the top level of ill. Yeah. That's the headline. And yeah, so this is, this is why we're doing the episode today because this is like mind blowingly, huge really um i know certain people within the community have been saying that there are big things coming soon and ufo twitter has been a light the last few days week or so with people saying something big's coming it's coming soon and like and people and i know that's always the case that yeah It'll be released on Wednesday, and people going Wednesday comes, and then that account drops off of Twitter. And but so, what did you think? First of all, this comes out before we go into the detail. I send you the link. Everybody's messaging you. What are your thoughts straight away? 
so sat on the sofa and I thought, let's just watch the video first, basically that clip, 45 yeah. second clip that you sent me, the sort of teaser for yeah. the episode that's on tonight or whenever. And the first one is, who's this guy? Yep. Like, it's a totally new name, new face, unknown person. And then it's, so next one I think, okay, so he's saying, he's not saying anything new, particularly. Um, no. It's stuff we have heard from other ex-government people. Um, so just first list of thoughts was, oh, it's this again. It's just another person saying this stuff. Let's see what, like, what, where's the evidence? How? So I'll talk a bit more about this sort of input in a bit, but initially, that's my initial thoughts was, who's this guy? Why is someone else now just saying this again? And obviously, he talked a bit about his sort of work and what he's worked on, like sort of departments he's worked in and stuff. It's like, okay, so he has been in the departments, he's been working on the UAP task force and stuff working with them for a couple of years so maybe he's got something so initial thoughts are eh, it's gonna be another another person saying this stuff but no actual proof until we see yeah. it but with maybe it's gonna be a good thing still holding out sort of thoughts on that but that's my initial after watching a 45 second video that's like i watched the obviously i watched the interview when it comes out yeah but for now, I'm not going to get too excited. What about you? I was quite the opposite, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, like you, I thought, who is this guy? Because although I'm not deep into it like you are and like Frank is and Dave when we talk on the round table, um, I have s- slowly been getting more and more into sucked into the ufo mm. as it was world um and watched the nasa stuff and the congressional hearings and uh the arrow stuff and obviously to me as an outsider i call myself an outsider that it seems like loads of stuff it seems to be ramping up that's what it seems to me Again, yes, this guy, I don't know who he is, never heard of him. Uh, and we'll discuss him in a minute. And then, but I knew Ross Coulthard. I knew he was straight away when he, when he came onto the mm. the trailer. And I thought, oh, okay. It's not just somebody from some random um, journalist who's doing an interview with somebody about a subject that he probably doesn't, like the, the interviewer knows nothing about and he's just been thrust upon it because he's the anchor of the mm. the the news channel um so i was thinking oh, okay so i'll come to ufo twitter see what the minefield says and like i mentioned a minute ago it generally seemed to be quite positive towards the article and then i obviously read the article afterwards but in my timeline comes up um, blackvault.com, Greenwald. He's, so he's saying his bit. And then I'm just looking for all the usual suspects to see what other people are saying. It's people saying stuff left, right and centre. But generally, the, the people that I follow seem to be on a similar kind of side of 
oh, this is this could be exciting stuff. And then I read the article and tried to brain dump everything it was saying and who, who it was. So before I'm, we get I'm, on to yeah, so I'm quite I'm... excited about it to be honest with you, and I'm thinking if what is being said can be proved, and this guy is if he's legit, which we'll come on to, at face value, this stuff is insane. Would you have a different opinion if the first interviewing was Cobell, for example? If that trailer come on and it was Cobell interviewing this guy and the program's coming out tonight, make sure you tune in at this time. Probably. And we'll come on to, to though that particular name and the other name from the Weaponized podcast in a bit because I've seen some other stuff about that as well since okay. I've been looking at it. But, I, well, I probably would think slightly differently. And I would think at that point, are we going full hype and sensationalism? Because some of the stuff that they posted before and previous episode about the flares was very divisive. But I've got a lot of time for George Knapp based on all his Skinwalker stuff and that back in the day. But I'm all open to change, obviously. I, people's only, people are only as good as their last interview or their last editorial or the last big comment they made about a subject. Mm. But I was quite excited about it based on who it was. It came through the debrief website. And Ross Coulthard, the interviewer, a person that we don't know about, it all seems quite, it ticks a few boxes for me. What about you? If, if, it, who, if it was someone like Tucker Carlson interviewing this person, or Jeremy Corbell, or someone like that... <laughs> How would your perception change? I'd probably change. rolled my eyes a little bit earlier. Yeah. In the segment, because I did roll my eyes at one point. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I do like Ross Colfart. Yeah. Uh, not, not think it's on the greatest work, but I do, do like some of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, if it was Corbell or Tucker, yeah, you, it, I'd be a lot more flipping and a lot more I'm not even gonna watch it. I'm not even yeah. I like UFO Twitter go mad for a few days to a week and then it'd die off and then we get back to everyone arguing with each other anyway. Yep. It's <laughs> <laughs> like Very you mentioned true. sort of things coming being a bit of a hype recently and quite a lot of things happening. But apart from like kind of the shit that Corbella's been putting out, yeah which is the flares and stuff. Um the hype train has been a bit a bit shit. Recently. Oh, okay. I thought it's um, been. I think I a lot of hype. It's been bubbling under. It's sort of like big things are coming. There's been a hype train there, but yeah, what's been hyped has been shit. Yeah. So it's yeah. and then you just get like like say the the Corbell flare video and everything else. But I mean, I guess if we go on to the guy himself, yes, let's talk about him. 
Yeah, so let's just get this up. Yeah, I'll get his details up as we're speaking. So this guy is called David Charles Grouch. I think that's how you pronounce his surname. Yeah, I'll say so. So he's the whistleblower that's come forward. Um, he's 36, a decorated former combat officer in Afghanistan, a veteran of the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency and the National Reconnaissance Office. He served as the Reconnaissance Office's representative to the UAP Task Force from 2019 to 21. And from late 21 until July 22, he was the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency's co-lead for UAP analysis and its representative to the task force. So right that first bit, he sounds quite embedded. He sounds like he knows what he's... He's he's obviously had some kind of experience. A lot of intelligence. Yeah. Experience. Yeah. One thing I just sort of picked up on there. Yeah. Uh, he was the NGA's co-lead for UAP analysis. So that's the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency. Yeah. Is that an agency that we knew were looking into UAP? I don't think I, so. I, I don't. I haven't heard I don't it recall before. it. Yeah. So maybe, maybe I've missed it. But yeah. Maybe just sort of not click. But to hear NGA, mm-hmm. and the NGA have got a co-lead for UAP analysis. That's new to me. That yeah. this this group put the name into that they're doing UAP analysis and a co-lead. So there's at least two people. Yeah. Uh, looking to UAP stuff, and it's a bit. I mean, it's a lot of big words throughout this article. Mm-hmm. See, there's a lot of a lot, there's of, a lot of there's a lot of words, um, but I mean, representative representative to the task force. So, what does that mean? What does that actually? We sort of maybe we come on to sort of what his remit was mm-hmm. in that sort of facility as a representative. But like I say, he's got these sort of Seems like he's got the credentials, and he's definitely worked in that department rather yeah. than being a random sort of CIA guy. And the reason it appears that he's come forward now, because like you say, he's a new person, new kid on the block, as it were. Um, so he claims that he had given Congress and the Intelligence Community Inspector General extensive classified information about deeply covert programs that he says possess retrieved intact and partially intact craft of non-human origin. And the information, he says, has been illegally withheld from Congress. So he's filed a complaint alleging that he suffered illegal retaliation for his confidential disclosures. So he's a whistleblower that has been retaliated against either through his line of work or or wherever. And he's taking great offence to that because it's illegal. Mm. Like I said, this new legislation which is meant to protect people coming forward. And that came out as part of the initial and following the initial Congress hearings where they wanted to make it safe place for people to come forward with uh, regardless yeah. of whether or not they'd signed NDAs before um, about what the work they were doing. 
Um, he also says that other intelligence officials, both active and retired, with knowledge of these programs through their work in various agencies, have independently provided similar corroborating information, both on and off the record. So up to that point, it sounds like he's someone who's been targeted for trying to give information out. And he's saying, not on my watch, essentially. I'm going public with it. So as I started reading, I was thinking, well, how is he allowed to give this information out? Because obviously some of the bits that we're going to cover off is quite sort of groundbreaking in its openness. Yeah, because... With- it says this should have been made available to Congress because saying that it wasn't given to Congress because they don't have the security clearance to have the information, but he thinks they should have yes that information which is, all these documents. Which is a worry about how other whistleblowers are ever going to get their story told if the people supposed to hear about it haven't got the security clearance to even look at it. Mm. And is that the case with Sean Kirkpatrick at Arrow? That the reason why he says that we've got no credible evidence of um, otherworldly craft, for want of a better phrase, is that because he's not got the clearance high enough to look at the, the records that are being passed to him. But another, I mean, so the guy, uh, Grush, he yep. says he's an intelligence officer for over 14 years. Yeah. Um, which is quite a long time. Well, he is still only 36 himself, so still relatively young, especially compared to some of the other people that come out and come out after they retire and stuff. Obviously, 100%. he's now ex-military, mm-hmm. ex-government. He doesn't work for them anymore. Yeah. So, and he only worked on the, from reading at this, on UAP stuff since 2019. So, less than four years. He stopped in yeah. 2022. So, three years worth of work in this sort of department. That's a lot of information to have for someone who's only worked in the sort of that department for three mm-hmm. years. Yeah. And still being relatively young. Obviously he's served and obviously a very decorated officer. But still in sort of military terms, quite young compared to some of the people that get the high level sort of jobs and high up oh, yeah. rank, ranks. Massive, that information. Yeah. So he's still and he is a very low level officer would he have all this information or does is it something that he believes they have which, which well, is fine so he before he done this interview for the debrief and obviously going on tv about it the information that he was gonna that he has provided has been vetted by the pentagon according to debrief and they've signed it all off as okay to talk about so it begs the question is is he some kind of patsy and is he can, are they just sort of setting him up for a they've either genuinely mis, misdirected him and f- fed him false information or he is part of that disclosure route let's get somebody highly decorated person who's going to be believed potentially based on his history we can give him stuff that we can control what he says because you've got people like say Lou Elizondo 
you've got people of that age and that sort of experience and maturity in the armed yeah. forces and military and um, secret sort of service type levels of information. And But you've got this young lad who they could steer, I suppose. A bit like the smoking man with Fox Mulder in the X-Files. They feed him the information to keep him going. But he doesn't quite get there. Yeah, because like, when you talk about like Chris Mellon, because he was the mm-hmm. Deputy Assistant Secretary of Defence for Intelligence. Yep. Louis Andor, the director of ATIP. Yeah. Uh, so you expect these people to, if anyone was going to have this information. Obviously, they're still, they are both still a bit cagey, especially Louis with, I know what I can't say type stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. And for him to, this, this, um, his name's come off the screen. David Grush. <laughs> his very, very new name, David Grush. Um, let's go out and say he's got all these documents and stuff. So what the Pentagon's cleared for reveal, it can't have much on it, in my opinion. It can't be anything groundbreaking that they're going to say yet. Yeah. After all the all the fighting that's been going for years, people can get stuff released. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, this guy wants to tell the news nation about. Yeah, let's just give him. Let's just let him give it all the documents. Let him have it all. It seems a bit. Like we're not going to see anything concrete, mm-hmm. um, and like with cross retrievals, like you talked about the cross retrieval teams, yeah, and recovering stuff. But it's, it's seeing where that link is between cross retrieval, which could be anything, yeah, to the non-human comment side of it. So unless you can provide something that links them together concretely, then it's still like. We're still not actually getting anything. Like we first treat that. I mean, I was actually just put a little treat on just before I come on to saying it's a lot of words because the article is a long article. Yeah. Like I say, with a lot of big words, it just mumbles your head straight away just reading it. You have to keep reading, rereading sentences because it's just like, I don't know what any of these words are. It's a lot of words, but it doesn't actually say that much. It repeats yeah. a lot within, without it, uh, throughout, throughout it, and obviously talks about. Melons, people like that. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm always a more pessimistic, just because we've seen this stuff so many times, and it mm. comes to nothing. That it's yeah. just hard. I try not, don't, try not to get excited. I'm just literally on UFO Twitter now, just yeah. putting thingy, and as expected, everyone is. This is groundbreaking. This should be on every news channel. This has changed the world. It's like, come on, like. Why haven't all the news agencies picked up on it? Because that, unless, like, yeah, it's it is big. I'm not going to say it's not big, and it's not something that I'm going to be looking at and looking to find out more about and watching the documentary and everything like that and the interview yeah. and read what other people are saying. But to from one article to be doing the knee-jerk reaction on UFO Twitter again, it's just like, come on, guys, let's actually look into it. I'm there it with first. it, Ash. You know I am. You know I am. So just talking about the information that this guy's got, and I, I mentioned about the Pentagon signing off. So it says here, in accordance with protocols, Grush provided the Defense Office of Pre-Publication and Security Review at the Department of Defense with the information he intended to d- disclose to the debrief. Um, 
his on-the-record statements were all cleared for open publication on April 4th and April 6th, 2023, in documents that have been provided to debrief. Um, Grouch's disclosures and those of non-public witnesses under new protection provisions of the latest Defence Appropriations Bill signal a growing determination by some in the government to unravel a colossal enigma with national security implications that have bedeviled the military and tantalised the public going back to World War II and beyond. So what he's saying, they've cleared. So they're either allowing him to say it because, like you say, he's not really saying a lot, potentially, or nothing they can necessarily prove because if he's retired or he's no longer doing this work, the chances are they stripped him of all of his access to yeah. those particular projects at the time of him going, understandably. So, like you mentioned, is this just a, we've got to take his word for it? And because it's been signed off by the Pentagon, it doesn't necessarily mean it's true. That's the thing, and like, like I say, this was cleared in April, so they've sat on it for two months before mm-hmm. publishing. I remember a while ago there was a big hoo-ha about the Washington Post was going to be releasing something, but then that would, never came out because apparently people knew on Twitter something can't show about it, so that's why it's put back. It's like, why, why would that have any effect on anything? What was the last thing you said then? I thought I was, I was supposed to. I had something to say. I mean, we're, we're having to take his word for it, essentially. Yeah, that's um, it. And I don't just want to see him become just another talking head. Like, so at this point, like, Louis Ando, even Chris Mellon, to a point, mm-hmm. is the talking heads that are now in our documentaries and all this. It's like, they're not actually giving anything new. Who's working on his book? Unless we get anything mm-hmm. in the book, but at the minute it's just keeps seeing the pop up on new documentaries all the time, and the artists covering talking heads, not actually yeah. giving us anything. Um, and and we've anything. seen that before with a certain English guy, who, as I know now, that he's actually been very friendly towards you in terms of communicating. Yeah, yeah. But um, he has become like the the talking head of the UK UFO community. Yeah, for, um, for, yeah, and no. yeah, and you've got. Th- is this another person who's just going to go on to the to the circuit and go do all the podcasts, all the big ones, um, along with everybody else? And we we don't get a great deal of information each time they speak, but there's always a little tease of, like you mentioned. I've got loads to tell you, but I can't tell you anything. Type thing. Mm. Like, yeah, like we see this with like John Ramirez, mm-hmm. ex CIA. Oh, oh, this guy's gonna know his stuff, and he say, he he says, yeah, this is aliens. He believes in in this like non-human side of it. Yeah, but if that's someone's opinion, just because they're an intelligence officer or military or government, just because they believe it, even if it's based on documents they've seen. Unless just the actual proof rather than just documents or hearsay or conjecture saying, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I now believe. They're just a believer. Just because they're ex-government doesn't mean that we have to take their word for it. I, I was reading, um, there's another article 
on a debrief where Christopher Plain is talking to uh, Lieutenant Tim McMillan and going about the sort of the background checks and stuff they did and the information they got vetted before they put the article out, basically about this guy's background and whether what he's saying is true and, and can be sort of verified and documented. Mm-hmm. And it is. like They have done the due diligence on the guy. Yeah. And there's a part in there where they talk about him having like no interest before he started working on it. He had no interest in UFOs or anything like that. It wasn't like all oh, like, he's into UFOs that like, give him that job. It was just he was picked because he was good at intelligence. Mm-hmm. So they put him into that role. Does that make him more credible? No. So that statement, as an investigator, you see it many times where people think, obviously not saying this applies in him, this is more generalized. Yeah. But someone says to me, oh, I didn't believe in that. I had no interest until I saw something. They think that by saying that, it gives it more credibility. But people say that because they think that. Mm-hmm. But if anyone says that to me, I'll, I'll know it, but I won't put anything behind that. Because people, even if they, they do, they think that, oh, I want to back it up, I'll say that. Like with ghosts, oh, I didn't believe in ghosts till I saw a ghost. Well, actually, you might have done, you might have had an interest in it, but they want to sound more credible. Whereas you say, yeah. oh, yeah, I've loved UFOs for years, and I saw one, it looked like it was a back triangle, and it was a TR3B and stuff. And, <laughs> yeah, like, but I didn't believe it until I saw it. It's like, it doesn't, Give you the credibility you think it does by, yeah. by saying that. So that sort of just reading this interview with Chris playing Lieutenant Tim McMillan just sort of, that sort of piqued my interest a little bit. Yeah, but being how for me, how does Tim McMillan know that he didn't have an interest in UFOs? Did he, has he just asked him since yeah. he's been part of the team, or did he know him personally? He never ever mentioned it. But even then, lots of people have an interest that they don't tell anyone. Especially if he's in that role in the Air Force intelligence. Yeah. You don't want to be the Mulder that gets yeah. put in the basement and <laughs> like people make a joke of him. So if he yeah. did have an interest, would he have told people? Correct. Before then. And now he's obviously had that job. And imagine he may I mean I don't know how I am not gonna have any <laughs> claim to know how people are recruited, whether they advertise it and he's gone for it or whether he was headhunted. Yeah. Don't know how it works in sort of the American military, but I can imagine if, if I saw that sort of role and I had a bit of a side interest in it, 100% be going for it. So then obviously these then obviously seen documents and stuff and, and there are class retrieval programs. It doesn't necessarily mean UFO or alien. But right. to then do that job for four years and retire and now you can like, I can now talk, talk openly talk about my interest because I've now got this proper experience in it. Yeah. I can now talk about it officially rather than just being my secret little interest. But that's, obviously that's just my thoughts on mm-hmm. that statement of no pre- pre-existing interest, which doesn't yeah. really mean anything. Does anybody not have an interest in UFOs now? I think everybody is has an awareness of them. and certainly I mean, the Popular few... media, films, and lots of people's favourite films. You ask them, you don't have like a sort of solid interest. It's, oh yeah, I love E.T. Or it's in there, like from a child, it is. There's always that thing that's like, what is out there? We look up at space and go, what is there any? We can't be the only people here. There's people I know, I look up and go, we can't be the only only things on this spinning planet in this whole vast universe. We can't be. It just defies belief. So I think everybody's got a, a curiosity 
if nothing more than that. But it's yeah. So th this guy has also said that recoveries of partial fragments through and up to intact vehicles have been made for decades through the present day by the government, its allies and defence contractors. Analysis has determined that these objects retrieved are of exotic origin. So in brackets, non-human intelligence, whether extraterrestrial or unknown origin, based on the vehicle morphologies and material science testing and the possession of unique atomic arrangements and radiological signatures. So it's quite a, a statement to say that private defence contractors... Well, imagine who the ones that may be. Yeah. Allies of the US, which you would expect anyway, have all been analysing... It's quite a big big thing to go from Sean Kirkpatrick the other day saying um, we're seeing these silver or metallic spheres all over the world mm. to every ally of the UA of the US as I said and the, the defense contractors working for them so I'm assuming like Skunk Works, um, Lockheed Martin those kind of people who are building the advanced aircraft that we see in the skies today mm. um, along with people maybe like Bigelow because Bigelow was involved in in OSAP and um, before Skinwalker Ranch and everything and he's got a um, Bigelow Aerospace so he's one of the biggest privateers as such in the in the space race along with Elon Musk so is it people like that? And is it why these people seem to have an edge on the things they're building? Is it because they have have some kind of knowledge of anatomical and atomic arrangements? What's the word? Unique atomic arrangements. Mm. I'm assuming that means uh, like exotic materials some kind of flexible metal that pings back a la roswell style yeah to be mean feel like ambiguity yeah it's all very vague yeah there's no like it's, this is this this is that this is this this is what we know this is that yeah it's it it says just enough that and vague enough that nobody's identified, no individual country really, and no defence contractor. But you can guarantee that those black budgets are all going to the same defence contractors that he's talking about. Mm. Partially. Um, and he says, we're not talking about prosaic origins or identities. This is referencing information that he provided to Congress he said that the material includes intact and partially intact vehicles. So if somebody says vehicles to me, that means that it's got somebody controlling it. That's what I get from a vehicle. Mm. A vehicle, unless it's like a new self-drive thing, 
that suggests to me just from the words that that's uh, that takes a passenger yeah i mean i tend to agree i think vehicle is an odd choice of word as well it is um rather it than is. like let's just say like partial or intact vehicles so if it's intact then you would know what type of vehicle it would be so you could say a down craft mm-hmm. or a downed underwater or like underwater vehicle or something rather than just vehicle again just being vague yeah specifics vehicle is very broad mm. it is very broad it also mentions about undersea and transmedium in the article as well which is something that comes up quite a bit now about transmedium interestingly where we talk about transmedium just as a side note that during the nasa uh briefing or hearing or whatever you want to call it that happened last week they were saying that the the that radar or system video of the object going into the sea was a sensor malfunction it was just mm. it wasn't wasn't right so it's interesting that transmedium is still there they clearly must i mean going back to the modern day advent of uf ufology which is the tic tac essentially 2004 seems to be the cutoff point now as we've mentioned many times that was seen things were seen under the sea under the the surface yeah and transmedium is now becoming a thing he mentions transmedium in the article they do um but he also says that if this is like a a race that's been going on between everybody around the world to retrieve these things these vehicles um there's another guy that's come forward and I, I'm a little bit confused about who he is, Jonathan Gray. Mm. Like the article keeps sort of flitting between the two. And it says Jonathan Gray is the name he goes by in work. Mm. But yeah. I didn't know if that's David Grouch or is somebody else, like another whistleblower who's not using his real name. It's, it's somebody else. Um, but that's weird. Whether that's not his real name, but that's the name uses in intelligence agency or i'm yeah. just trying to find the bit where it introduces so jonathan gray is a generational officer of the united states intelligence community with a top secret clearance who currently works for the national air and space intelligence center never heard of that personally uh, where the analysis of uap has been his focus previously had experience serving private aerospace and department of defense special directive task force and he says non-human intelligence phenomenon is real. We are not alone. Retrievals of this kind are not limited to the United States. This is a global phenomenon, yet a global solution continues to elude us. And again, this guy seems to have decent cred- credentials uh, in his line of work. Um, says that Grouch was a, a G. S-15 civilian, the military equivalent of a colonel um, as well, if that 
but I don't know. That doesn't mean a great deal to me. Um, Just go back to his, so, that guy's name, Jonathan Gray. Yeah. Because it, it says that Charles Barton, they speak publicly for the first time, identified here under the identity he uses inside the agency. Mm. So that reading between the lines, that saying that that's not his real, yeah. real name. And to use the name Gray, if that is a pseudonym, <laughs> what a name to pick. Is that yeah. like a hint? Is that a yeah. thing? That's what I was quite familiar. But interestingly, the Gray is spelled G-R-E-Y. Yeah, rather which, than A-Y. Which is A-Y in America normally, isn't it? Um, uh, interestingly, so going back to Grouch briefly, in his statements cleared for publication by the Pentagon in April, Grouch asserted that UFO legacy programs have long been concealed within multiple agencies nesting UAP activities in conventional secret access programs without appropriate reporting to various oversight authorities. So he's basically saying there's these secret UFO programs that all, I'm assuming, like uh, NIA and, and those kind of intelligence people have basically not been telling anybody about. Mm-hmm. So they're not telling Congress, they're not telling the higher-ups about it, they're just doing their own stuff um and that he said he reported to congress on the existence of a decades-long publicly unknown cold war for recovered and exploited physical material a competition with near-peer adversaries over the years to identify uap crashes stroke landings and retrieve the material for exploitation stroke reverse engineering to garner asymmetric national defence advantages. So everybody's racing to get these downed craft to reverse engineer for their own national defence advantage. Mm. I mean, I've never heard it said like that before, I must say. I, it's quite interesting language um, to be used from an unknown in the community it's quite that is quite specific i know it doesn't really say a lot but it's actually saying that all everybody's racing to get that defense advantage i mean it's the language again interesting language and is that not just kind of like common sense thing like if there was something that got downed some mm-hmm. possibly alien outer space craft that's yep. been down surely every country would want to get there first would want to have that to happen on their land or whatever yeah um, and i mean i do have cross retrieval team do have stuff in place if there was to be a ufo we he's saying there has been sort of non-human yep. craft retrieved obviously we know that there is teams have been there for for years and i bet tom DeLong is loving all this tonight yeah oh definitely <laughs> he's gonna be i'm not one of these players mentioning it yet um i was looking at the the, the rank of colonel uh, it says that the a colonel in the U.S. Army, Marine Corps, Air Force, and Space Force is the most senior field-grade military officer rank, immediate, immediately above the rank of lieutenant colonel and just below the rank of brigadier general, equivalent to the naval rank of captain in the other uniformed services. So it seems quite a high. It's quite a decent... And he's a civilian version of a colonel. Yeah, now... 
for definite. Um, interestingly, I, I was trying to figure out, again, this guy's come out of nowhere. Um, and again, he's obviously been cleared for what he's going to say, whether it's true or not. Especially if it's not, they would love that. They'd say, fucking go for your heart's content, mate. You tell them whatever you want to. So it says here, associates, unnamed, who vouched for Grouch, said his information was highly sensitive, providing evidence that materials from objects of non-human origin are in the possession of highly secret black programs. Um, and that the Inspector General and Intelligence Committee staff were provided with locations, program names, and other specific data that remain classified. Several current members of the recovery program spoke to the Inspector General's office and corroborated the information Grouch had provided for the classified complaint. Yeah, I get, I mean, that's all good. I mean, like I say, having, it, having other people saying that it's true, but still, for me, there's no link between that and the non-human side of all no. this, which is everyone's looking at. It's all like, yeah, Congress probably don't know stuff that have been different programs or different locations where cross retrieval are taken, but still nothing linking cross retrieval to alien spaceship crash mm. retrieval, which is obviously what the the headlines claiming. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, it also says that Grouch left the government on April 7th this year in order, he said, to advance government accountability through public awareness. So he's got a full whistleblower. That's that, That's interesting because they said they got the, it cleared for publication on the 6th of April. And he's immediately then left his job to yeah. pursue this. That, that, I mean, that, that says quite a lot. So is that good? Does that give him more credence or is he? Because he's kind of said, I've got written permission now. Fuck you lot, I'm off. And what if he had the written permission, would you not want to stay, still publish it because you've been allowed to publish it, but still try and keep in that circle, keep within that job? Because if he was current, this job, please know this, rather than X government. Mm. Would that be better to be a currently serving intelligence officer rather than ex intelligence officer? Yeah, that is That's definitely interesting. It's literally the day after. Yeah, he got clearance to publish it. He's he's done one. So he says, or it, it says that Grouch prepared many briefs on unidentified aerial phenomena, as they were back then, for Congress while in government and help draft the language on UAP for the Financial Year 2023 National Defence Authorisation Act, spearheaded by uh, Kirsten Gillibrand and Marco Rubio, uh, and signed into law by President Biden in December last year. And that the provision states that any person with relevant UAP information can inform Congress without retaliation, regardless of any previous non-disclosure agreement. So he wrote that whistleblower word in but then he believes that now um let me find a word in uh he says that there was the operation was um 
illegally shielded from proper congressional insight after his investigation was centred on extensive interviews with high-level intelligence officials, some of whom are directly involved with the programmes. He says the operation was illegally shielded from proper congressional oversight and that he was targeted and harassed because of his investigation. Um, that could be a reason why he left. He finally yeah. got what he wanted. And then he was sick of all yeah. the shit, so that's why he left. Individuals on the UAP programs approached me, Grouch, in his official capacity and disclosed their concerns regarding a multitude of wrongdoings, such as illegal contracting against the federal acquisition regulations and other criminality and the suppression of information across qualified industrial base in academia. So suggest to me that... What... They are just words. <laughs> There's a lot of words. So it, I get from that that some of this crashed retrieval stuff or, or in, intact vehicles was actually... There was no public contracting under the way the federal acquisitions regulations are. So my understanding is, and this is based on very few uh, studies of it, that government contracts have to be, you can apply for a government contract, regardless of who you are, you could apply for a government contract. Mm. And like we found in the UK during COVID and oh, the masks and PPE shit, a lot of acquisitions were given to friends or people that the government wanted to have the contracts, yeah. allegedly. Um, so I think from this and that last statement, I, I get from it that he wasn't really comfortable with the way that people were even coming to him and saying this is fucking underhand mm. and shady as anything. He's got the permission. Then he's, like you say, he's done one the next day. And he's starting to, to talk for it. Um, well, on, on the flip side, he could have had, wanted been out for a while, he's been doing it, obviously, for probably since he was a teenager. Um, maybe wanted to do something different. Maybe his dad had enough and he was just waiting for this. Because mm -hmm. maybe once he'd left, he couldn't get that clearance, so he had to stay until he got it. And that's why yeah. he sort of left straight away, just to give the sort of flip side to, to that. So he went to this lawyer, this attorney, and they filed a complaint against the US government. So it says here, an unclassified version of the complaint provided to debrief states that Grouch has direct knowledge that UAP-related classified information has been withheld and or concealed from Congress by elements, in quotes, of the intelligence community to purposely and intentionally thwart legitimate congressional oversight of the UAP program. All his testimony provided for the classified complaint was provided under oath as well. So, I mean... That's, that's quite big, because he's basically saying there's a, there's a force at work that mm -hmm. doesn't want the government to have sort of looking into it, so they're going to give sort of false or not give information they've been asked to to stop yeah. them looking into it because that was quite a big paragraph for me when i was reading it and like, mm. like you said there's been a lot of information this article is massive in terms of content as well to read through um 
so that that did stand out to me because if that could be the reason why like we've mentioned just a minute ago as well that people were approaching him saying it's all dodgy it's all a bit shady there's obviously a lot of people fully balls deep in this Hmm. probably dedicated their life to this sort of stuff black programs um and then this young lad he's 36 he's quite young like you mentioned same age as me military terms he's quite young military terms he's quite young ash (laughs) not in public (laughs) but he's coming along and he's essentially it almost looks like he's going rogue a little bit and he's so my thoughts you do this you go full whistleblower and you come out publicly you leave your office after getting written permission from the pentagon that you can say this stuff you jack his job in the next day and you go full blast worldwide because that is your greatest way of staying alive. Yeah, true. Because if if he hadn't said anything and they knew this was coming, because people would have known that potentially this is what he was going to do, what better way to protect your life than go in full public because if he was to suddenly suicide himself or fall off a balcony like a lot of russian people do or have a car accident or something very unusual (laughs) happened to him soon afterwards it would be very obvious that a coincidence may not have been a coincidence. Yeah. I know that's that goes down the conspiracy route. I get that. But what better way to get your information out than just going full blast with it publicly? Because if you were to just provide your name in an interview to somebody in the newspaper, people can make you disappear. Hmm. If you look at and again, this is very conspiratorial of me. But you look at the people that are closely linked to um, Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton. They've had a lot of associates mm, yeah, and people close to them that have died. It's like, how, how many people have had like 500 friends commit suicide? Like yeah, some yeah, sort of crazy number. Yeah, so the only way you can protect yourself nowadays is to, I think, essentially go full public. Um, whether that's his angle, it's like I've. It's the only way I can get it out is to go to the news, and I don't know, but that almost suggests credibility to me that he's like. I've got, I've got to say it, because if anything was to happen to me, it's out there now. And I imagine he's got some kind of um, safety net somewhere that if if anything was to happen to him, yes, that his attorney's got some kind of incriminating stuff would come out. Yeah, yeah. 
because you you'd be stupid not to. I think you'd have to have something held back that would be released in the event of an untimely death. Probably stuff that is not been authorized to clear, but once he's dead, yeah, it doesn't matter. His information has been leaked by this dead guy. Yeah, what are you going to do? Kill him again? Mm. Um. So yeah, I I think what will happen over the coming days and hours, potentially and days and weeks, is that. UFO Twitter will do its thing. All the normal people, John Greenwald, um, Nick West, all the usual suspects who, to be fair, regardless of what you think about any of these people, they definitely get involved and they're not scared. They create discussion. Yes, they create discussion. That's exactly it. So something I want to touch on that... We spoke about it a bit earlier on, and I said I'll come back to you about that. There's George Knapp and Jeremy Corbell. Yeah. So apparently, David Grouch met with Jeremy Corbell and George Knapp Gosh. some time ago, right. before the debrief. So this mm. was like, I want to say last year or the year before, maybe mid 2021. And the question, this is all developing as i was reading stuff that before the debrief got them got him that george knapp and jeremy corbell or definitely jeremy corbell had spoken to david grush so the question is why have they why did they sit on it i know he didn't have proper sign off till april but so you you would have thought they would have broke the story if and apparently, their version of everything will be coming out very shortly. So I wonder whether David Grush wanted someone with credibility. But two years ago, yeah, there is that. But two years ago, Jeremy Corbell was sort of at the cutting edge of getting stuff out. I know recently, he's kind of, he is a divisive character, Corbell, for definite. But he's prompted a lot of conversations for definitely. I suppose it maybe it comes down to where you stand on Bob Lazar. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was him that obviously with that documentary and brought his name to a lot more new people. Hundred uh, percent. Over the last few years. And again, that's obviously someone very controversial and kind of a which side do you want, do you believe or not yeah. believe type situation, which what this could end up. Yeah. Kind of being without be. the the documents that link cast retrieval to UFO to to non-human, yeah, it, it, it's it's just gonna be. And I was just looking on Twitter, and the mics mics going away this week. It's mad. It's come <laughs> on. Actually, it came two days later. I've been literally got have no signal again the, for a week. <laughs> so I might think this. Yeah, switch off on Twitter, let it all die down, and just come back on Twitter in a week when I'm back. And uh, we'll come back to loads of messages from me going, "Oh my god." You've gone away again, though. Uh, so I'm just looking through now. I'm scrolling, trying to find yeah. some names. And there's some, like, just for some examples of knee jerk stuff. Yep. Stanforbetter.org. I don't know who these are. Um, so you've quoted, they've retreated the debrief sort of headline in it. Mm. Uh, that a former intelligence official told Congress that the US has retrieved non human origin. And then their sort of quote with the tweet. Was the dam just burst? 
the United States is in possession of crash UFOs. It's time the White House addressed the American public. So, so that's the knee jerk to because one guy just from the article and from the headline that because this person said it doesn't mean that the US is in possession of exactly of crash UFOs and it's very similar stuff. If you just keep, I will just keep scrolling on me for you like page on. Uh-huh. I know it's all Twitter, like the trending is like UFO Twitter, UFP Twitter, Disclosure, and it's the uh, debrief is trending as well. Um, it's just, yeah, I, when it gets Absolutely like this, fabulous like, for them. Well, yeah, definitely. But when when this happens, I'm just like, yeah, I, I can't even cope with it. I just go mm-hmm. on Twitter for a bit until it's died down. So one thing I wanted to just cover off because we we're coming to actually towards the end of the talking through it all anyway there are bits where it mentions about um gary nolan and the fact that um he's talking about examining exotic materials and and such like whether or not they're linked but this Mm. so this um jonathan gray he said that such immense capabilities are not merely regulated to the study of the prosaic. The existence of complex historical programs involving the coordinated retrieval and study of exotic materials dating back to the early 20th century should no longer remain a secret. Cool. He said the majority of retrieved foreign exotic materials have a prosaic terrestrial explanation and origin. Mm. Which is quite a big thing. So basically, it's not saying necessarily it's aliens or non-human. That is actually, it is advanced tech. And it also says, but not all. And any number higher than zero in this category represents an undeniably significant statistical percentage, which is right. And like we've said before on other things, if only a fraction of it is right, or one of these stories is right, if the Mm. tic-tac UFO instant was absolutely legit and that's what happened even if no other ufo case in history was real the tic tac that yeah that proves so the fact that was interesting that they put the a lot of its terrestrial origin um but if only Anything other than zero, yeah. So, yeah, like, say, yeah, that one, yeah, that one that thing one, that they could prove that needle in a haystack. But, like we said before, extraordinary claims require extraordinary proof. And as we will probably see over the coming days and weeks, that this Jonathan Gray, David Grush, they'll be torn apart by the internet in terms of their story their credibility the information they have or haven't shared yeah um, i probably and, look at certain people's twitter and see what they're saying so people yeah. i know will not kind of knee jerk yeah before they comment yeah 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 um so it, yeah it it's an interesting development today for Defina. it's it's something that has again just sparked UFO Twitter into a bit of a frenzy. Probably going to see it all over the news in the next few days as well. It will be, be Daily on Mail the, tomorrow. The Star tomorrow. and stuff. And... Yeah. 
But interestingly, what drops at midnight tonight, straight tomorrow, apart from our podcast, obviously. I've got to say our podcast. But there's also another podcast that comes out on a Tuesday by two friends of ours, Jeremy Corbell and George Knapp. Oh, weaponized. called weaponized. That comes out tomorrow. I still never listened to an episode of that. So that will be interesting to see if that's referenced. And well, I suppose like, they would have had that planned for that episode. Not necessarily, unless they because because last ready. last week's episode of Weaponized was following up on the Mojave Desert Triangle and the fact that people saying flares and all that kind of stuff. Right, okay. So yeah. they addressed that directly last Tuesday, which means they could have only have recorded that the previous weekend potentially Hmm. because they weren't even in the same studio together they were on like we are they were like on a zoom call or something like that yeah they might got it right now recording their exactly so it wouldn't surprise me if certainly tomorrow a weaponized podcast may cover similar ground and the debrief is has got the scoop on it basically so possibly possibly we shall see we shall see so anybody's got any thoughts over the coming days and week before our next episode feel free to to follow up on, on yep. social media now, i just want to footnote the whole episode mm. that this is very very fresh yes well, i was literally read the article one and a half times yeah uh, not even looked on people who saying on twitter this is basically our thoughts as mm-hmm. we read the article and our initial well, so yep. what, what what I said, what we yep. said could be completely misinterpreted the whole article. Absolutely. Or misunderstanding things. I'm not, I'm not big on the into the knowledge of the American side of things. Like we had Dave Smith was on it on here. Or Frank, they could probably know exactly what each of these things is. Like with the geospatial intelligence, they might have been involved in mm. or tip or arrow. I would, I just I don't know, because I'm not big on these sort of American sort of side of things. Yeah. So it is all basically our initial thoughts, and we yep. may be completely wrong with every single thing we said about this person and about this information and what's yeah. actually been passed. But yeah, I think I think most of it's pretty. Yeah, and this is based all on one article. It's uh, a lot to talk about. Yeah, and we've, as I say, literally started planning this episode at half past four this afternoon when I started firing a message over to to Ash. So. Um, before we started recording this at nine o'clock tonight, it's now just gone past ten o'clock. We hadn't had any discussion about this article before we came on the podcast, so we are literally talking together about this for the first time. Um, literally, as we've just read the article. Yeah, so we we kind of been going through the article together on this episode. Uh, I'm picking out bits that stood out. So, would welcome anybody's thoughts. Um, Big shout to Dave Smethurst and Frank, because I'm sure we'll be talking about this in a couple I of weeks. I hope Dave comes to, he does come to our meetings sometimes. I think he said he is going to try and get there to tomorrow. It'll be tonight when this comes out. And I no doubt he'll, he'll chew me ear off if I've got stuff wrong on this. Yeah. So, Dave, this one's for you. Let me know what <laughs> your thoughts. Um, but, yeah, on a serious note, we will see what happens. This is one of those episodes that it's going to end, and I'm pretty sure the whole narrative will change by the time we next speak. So, yeah, no doubt. We will. We will see what happens. Nice one. 
Cheers, Ash. It's been fun. Yeah, it has. Yeah, it has. I can't wait to talk about Bible codes next week. Absolutely. Unless something else <laughs> yeah. happens in the meantime. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Cool. Peace out, everybody. See you later. Pursuit of the Paranormal with Ash and Greg.